0: well, good morning, apes. While it's still morning here, yeah, it is still morning over on the East Coast for about another 20 minutes or so. Hope everybody's having a great start to their day so far. I know we are getting started a little bit late here. Mark's are already open. Looks like it's continuing with positive vibes from yesterday. We had a little bit busy morning over here in the Daily Joe Global Headquarters location on this close. So we're coming actually a little bit later than usual. We do apologize. Uh, we're going to be trying to come right as or before the market opens from here back forward. But for right now today is wednesday november 15th 2023 it's 11 a.m and we are just getting started here so let's go ahead and get into it not wasting it for the time so in today's edition we're going to be talking about cpi we got the everyone's favorite inflation report yesterday we also got lots of news on solar stocks that helped them out a good bit and then we're going to kind of go down and see what shenanigans the federal government is up to lately obviously we know what the nonsense dog and pony show we're going to get into Exactly how that manifested in the most recent incidents this week. But before we do, yesterday was really all about the CPI record. That was the story of the day. It's what assets were trading on the entire time. It's what really everybody was paying attention to. I'm pretty sure I could even call my 91 year old grandmother and she would be able to tell me what the CPI print was. So we'll spend some time on that. We'll talk about the implications and the ramifications of it for the most part. But before we do, so we got some banana bits to get through as well. So, Pretty late last night, right around 5.55 p.m. Eastern Time, at least, the House managed to actually pass a stopgap bill. Somehow they got their head together and they all put this on. Uh, now, it does still have to go to the Senate desk, of course, and then ultimately get signed by the President. Big Dog Joey B. already came out and said that he would sign that thing, as soon as it got past his desk. We'll see if it's able to get through the boneheads in the Senate as easily as it did through the House here. But in addition to that, we also did get uh, some news from uh, Amazon as well. They're decided to be very charitable yesterday. They're helping out a lot of smaller companies, including C3 AI, Click Snapchat, as we'll see down below. We also got some bigger reports from Home Depot along the way. That's something we'll be talking about in tomorrow's edition, I'm sure. Uh, but it was fairly good already. We're starting to get into the wave of uh, retail earnings. We also get a retail sales print today. We'll also be talking about tomorrow. So tomorrow's gonna be all about retail. Hope you guys are ready to shop because we're gonna be getting into it. Moving on down to CP Fly. It was a very fly, great report. Something that Jerome Powell is certainly very happy to see. Uh, rumors were that he was actually seen dancing on a gravestone labeled "Inflation" somewhere in the Washington D.C. area. Personally, I'd pay money to see that guy dance. We know that he's a great guitar player and a big uh, Grateful Dead fan, and something like that. I think something about a gray-haired Federal Reserve chair being a fan of the Grateful Dead scares me a little bit. Seems very dystopian, but you know that's a world we're living in, and certainly, creative things have happened over the past couple of years. Speaking of crazy things, let's go ahead and take a look at the headline CPI, print, Closed in 3.2% annual relief for the month of October. Uh, That translates into about a 4% annual growth for the core metric, which is really what everybody cares about. Because who cares about the cost of food and energy? That's not important to average everyday Americans at all. No, why would it be? That's nonsense. What we care about here is, of course, going to be just the cost of those other things. And specifically, one of the biggest drivers of that core CPI rating is going to be shelter costs. Uh, now, we can get into that down below here. But if you go ahead and read through the report, you know, let's just go ahead and click on over to the actual CPI report itself. Like I said, age, you're always going to want to go to the PDF viewer whenever the, uh, whenever the government, especially the BLS or the Commerce Department is releasing economic news. The PDF is the kind of view that doesn't make you want to throw up. So definitely come and click on over here. But if we go ahead and take a look, we can see that the monthly rise is 0.0%. Easily the lowest that we've had all year. I mean, it's literally zero. Any alternative lower than that would be deflation and we would be a lot more scared. Uh, thankfully, we're not shooting ourselves just yet. We'll save that concern for a later date. But Let's go ahead down here because the important thing is to look at the impact of the shelter market and the uh, actual cost of shelter here. So as we can see, the shelter index is the largest factor in the monthly increase for all items. Uh, it actually drew. I forget where it says it in the report, but it drove about 70% of the overall increase in the report. The index for rent rose 0.5%, but overall shelter rose about 0.3% in October. Uh, now, we all know this, but uh, in case anybody doesn't, let's give you a quick update. The way that the federal government calculates home prices and shelter costs is one of the most asinine, insane things I've ever seen in my life. It does, it's basically an ostrich shoving his head into the sand and ignoring the frequent and real-time data that's all around them. So that's what we started talking about in our edition. Because if shelter costs are really the only thing keeping inflation afloat, uh, and they a lot of huge lag, and they also are collected in the most insane way possibly imagined. Basically, what they do is they'll people at the Treasury, people at the Fed will literally call up to Americans and say, "Hey, how much do you think you could rent your house for?" And if they do that enough, they call that the survey, and that's what we call the owner's equivalent rent, which makes up about 30% of the CPI and is a big uh, part of the shelter cost overall, obviously, which led to that 70% gain. But if that's the only thing increasing, what we can see in real-time data from sources like Redfin and Apartments.com, that shelter costs are actually trending lower, we very well could be in a deflationary environment and just don't have the data to actually realize it. Now, we'll get some updated information with PCE in a couple of weeks. That's the one that the Federal Reserve actually cares about. From the consumer side of things, it's a little bit nerve-wracking just knowing how absolutely ridiculous it is in the manner that government actually collects this data. But then again, it is the government, so what do we expect besides some absolute nonsense like this? Now, moving on down below past the CPI report, because it really did get everybody going on the day, uh, got everybody very excited in the sense that, you know, the Fed, Jerome Powell, the FOMC, likely won't have to continue to raise interest rates. We saw the percentages of, uh, basically the percent chance of actually being held at the next meeting instead of being increased. Shifted from about 85% to 99.8% yesterday on the news. That'll change into your time before the next meeting in about mid-December. But definitely something I want to stay tuned on. Speaking of which, solar stocks actually finally got their first win yesterday in quite a long time. So anybody that gets solar panels or has got solar panels knows this. But you got to see get a big fat loan to actually get those things set up. And start using with some as your main energy source. Now, loans obviously are based on rates. So with interest rates going up so much. That has really destroyed demand for the ugly solar panels that people attach to their homes. Don't really know why you'd want that anyway, unless they can make it look a little bit prettier. But either way, people are all about them. Uh, now, so since the inflation report yesterday was down so low and so much below its rotation, we actually, basically the market is interpreting that to see that there's going to be less rate hikes, probably more probability of a rate cut. So solar stocks were up on the day because if those rates being down. Certainly more people will be uh, more apt to kind of get these solar products installed in that house. But we'll see if that actually plays out. Clearly that's what the market is pricing in right now. No idea if that's actually going to be what happens, but we're gonna find out. Moving on down below to snap, this is part of the generosity that Amazon was so nice to give out yesterday. You know, Amazon, the giant tech behemoth out of Washington, uh, they're known from being very charitable and often helping out the competition quite a bit, obviously. That's what everybody knows it loves them for. And so on Tuesday, they decided to bless Snapchat with that uh, good fortune here. So What Amazon just decided to do is allow sellers to essentially sell products on the Snapchat app. Basically, what you do is you open up Snapchat. After you scroll through all the nonsense that your friend sent you and the other stuff that you probably don't want other people to see that are on your Snapchat account, you can go ahead and start buying products. Everybody knows that Americans, our favorite pastime is to buy as much shit as we possibly can. So now you can do it on the very same app that you're going to (laughs) be, you know, using to, that that you're going to be requesting for people at the bar and all that fun stuff. Now, essentially, what you're going to be able to do is go on to Snapchat, uh, and they're going to have, like, under their shopping experience page, don't really know what it's going to look like. You're going to be able to scroll through Amazon items, click buy right in the app. Although the payments are going to be done through Amazon, which is an important part because controlling the actual flow of payments is big for uh, data acquisition and things of that nature, that's not going to be done by Snapchat. They're going to be able to complete the entire purchase in the Snapchat app. Obviously, everybody was excited. It really was the first good news for Snapchat. So the pandemic took over the economy and forced us all to just kind of sit at home and send half selfie pictures of our faces to each other. So as much fun as that is, now you're able to shop on the very same app. Obviously, investors were loving it, sending up almost 7.5%. Now, moving on down below to the exact opposite of investors loving things, let's see what was rotten for the debt. Most importantly was C-Limited. This thing was the exact ideal of a pandemic stock. I mean, there are dates in video game development, payments, e-commerce, Pretty much everything that ballooned during the pandemic uh, back in those good old days of 2020 and 2021. Now shares are down about 87% since then, uh, but they got they even worse yesterday, actually. Now they're down more well, like about 90% since their actual peak back in the day, but it turns out that competition actually sucked. So uh, basically, what's going on here is C see, is seeing their revenue get hit, get declined very well because a lot of other players are stepping into the industry. These guys had a major first mover advantage with Apps like Shopee. See Money and Garena or Garena. I don't really know how to pronounce that. And I apologize for even trying to. But either way, the company came out and reported, uh, coin the sales decline in a couple of its segments. But let's go ahead and take a look here. So I know it's boring to see your eyes are probably on fire looking at this report. I know mine sure are. But if we go ahead and look at the digital entertainment revenue year over year, that's down more than a third, more than 33% here. And while other revenue like e-commerce and other services had continued to take up, are uh, they've really taken a hit in that digital and attainment side of things. A little competition in the space, obviously they're gonna eat C one of its lunch, given how big that first mover advantage was. We'll see how that plays out going forward, but RFP to anybody that holds this piece of shit. Moving on down to Fisker, this is kind of like a little brother, like the runt of the electric vehicle industry. I forget it exists pretty much every week until I see a major move like this. And of course, whenever you see a major move in Fisker, it's probably gonna be lower. That was the case this week. They lost nearly a fifth of their value in a single day. And it was because Lightsea Limited of a garbage earnings report. But this was especially bad because electric vehicle and other solar stocks yesterday absolutely mooned on the back of that CPI report. Fisker wasn't a part of that because they managed their business so poorly. So the EV startup came out and uh, reported earnings. They lost about $91 million for the quarter, 27 cents a share, uh, which is abs- way wider than what was expected in the 19 cent per share loss. Oh, excuse me, it's about 42% wider than what was expected. Sales were also well below estimate, in it a miserable $72 million, whereas $109 million was expected. Basically, the deliveries simply were not there. Fisker could not get the job done. They delivered about 1,100 cars throughout the entire quarter. While they do claim that over 1,200 were delivered in the month of October already, we'll need to see that to believe it. Personally, when a company does this bad, this poorly for this long of a time, you're going to have to do more than just say things they're going to show us. So they're going to be waiting for the next round of support to actually fix this. And if you're holding this thing, hope you're able to survive until that date, because I got to say, looks like it's going to be a long battle. Then again, what do I know? I definitely don't know what I'm talking about. And speaking with people that don't know at all what they're talking about, we can go over and ship and see what's going on in Congress. So here we go again. Once again, the United States is on the brink of fiscal collapse and actually, uh, essentially just having a government shutdown. So the last time that we did this, it was way, way back in the day. It's been such a long time, almost a whole seven weeks since the last time that we had a shutdown scare like this back on September 30th. Now, since then, uh, the former Speaker Kevin McCarthy basically lost his job over that. So now we're coming up on the next deadline, right in November 17th. McCarthy couldn't make it to this point, but the government's funding somehow still did. So it's set to expire right at midnight on this Friday as it turns into Saturday. And that's when the government would officially shut down again. Now, the House has since passed a bill, uh, essentially, that would provide stopgap funding through a couple of interesting dates. So look at down below. But it has to go through the Senate and the president before that actually becomes law. Now, obviously, they couldn't do this in a cut and dry, easy way. It had to be in the most convoluted, confusing, and nonsensical way possible. So essentially, what they've done is passed a two-phase uh, or a two-stage stopgap bill, essentially, Parts of the government are going to be funded through January 19th, while the rest of the government is funded through February 2nd. I don't know what kind of debate, tactics, or shenanigans actually led to this, but basically things including Veterans Affairs, military construction, transportation, housing, and the Energy Department, for whatever reason, are only going to be funded through January 19th. I can't even begin to possibly imagine how that makes sense, but you know what? It is the government, there are elected representatives, so obviously they're going to disappoint us over and over again. The rest of the government is funded through February 2nd, probably hoping to catch a little bit of that Groundhog Day luck that Bill Murray got uh, in that great Groundhog Day movie, but unfortunately, we'll see if that actually is how it plays out in real life. Unfortunately, that's probably not going to be the case, but we can certainly cross our fingers and hope for the best, Does that seem to be what our legislation strategy has been for the past couple of decades. Anyway, stay tuned on that. You'll want to see if the Senate approves this thing today. Tomorrow, we don't have a whole lot of time, so... We are certainly waiting on the Edward Mark sheets over here at the Daily Tales Global headquarters. But of course, finishing up with the quote of the day from Shelby colin Davis You make the most of your money in a bear market, you just don't realize it at the time. Certainly speaking to the fact that bear markets give you a good buying opportunity, we're actually able to enter and build wealth for the long term, especially as young people. Quite honestly, we should probably be hoping for a huge crash in the SP 500 because then we can buy uh, at much lower levels and just ride that for the next several decades. But we didn't get that in COVID. Personally, I was 18, 17 years old, so way too stupid to actually be able to go in there and start buying stocks. But props to anybody who did. Hopefully, once we get the next pandemic or the absolute next nightmare that takes over our entire global society, we'll be smart enough to just start buying hand over fist and ride the wave for several decades. Thank you guys for joining us here today. Like I said, be on the lineup for tomorrow. We're talking a lot about retail sales, everything that's going on with that, and we'll be going over more shit that you're able to waste your money on. Definitely stay tuned, and we'll see you guys then. Thanks for joining us here today at the global at the DMAPO Global Headquarters. Bye. And thanks to you, my listeners at Wall Street Oasis. If you have any suggestions whatsoever, please don't hesitate to send them my way, Patrick at WallStreetOasis.com. Until next time.